Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topic and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to educate, inspire, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Yes, you know, nutrition is so personal and food is personal. And so everybody, if you kind of give them that accessibility, then they're not going to be so scared to approach you. Maybe they're not an in-person person and they'd rather just call you. That's great too. We just want to make our services available if you have any nutrition needs. Welcome, everyone. It's great to have you back. So topic for today, grocery shopping. Do you love it or do you hate it? And whether it's online or in person, there tends to be some ideas of the epitome of health by only buying organics or only shopping the perimeter and even navigating the store to finding the most nutritious foods while saving money can be very stressful. So I asked my hometown friend and registered dietitian, Ann Cundiff, to help share her latest tips to make grocery shopping an easier, healthier, and a less stress experience. Ann has worked in the grocery retail industry for over 13 years and previously worked in the clinical setting. She has 20 years of dietetic experience and provides sound advice to debunk the myths of healthy grocery shopping. Join us. Oh, gosh. Well, I've been thinking about this topic for a while, and I was like, I'm just going to ask her. So I thank you for doing this. Absolutely. I am so so honored to be asked. This is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, let's get started. Uh, You can introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Stacey. I'm so glad that we connected us little Iowa girls from a small town to have a podcast together. It's very fun. So, right? I was looking um, up at you in like kindergarten, you know? I know. I know. That's many, many years ago, but mm-hmm. still so like, still vivid. It's crazy how you still remember those things. It is. <laughs> Well, I am Ann Pendiff. I'm a registered dietitian and I work as a retail dietitian with Hy-Vee in Des Moines, Iowa. And I've been doing that for about the past 13 years. I can't believe it's been that long, but I've been a dietitian for even longer. I've been a dietitian for almost 20 years. I think I'm just coming up on 20 years here at the beginning of April. I took my test. 20 years ago. So oh, isn't that crazy? That is. I know. <laughs> Two decades. Holy, holy moly. <laughs> Flies by, doesn't it? It does fly by. I know. I always, and I make, I always say the joke that I'm one of the old dietitians <laughs> in the Hybe group because I am, because there's not a lot of us older dietitians. And I am almost like literally 15 years into the, to the field longer than a lot of our dietitians. So let's reward well seasoned. Yes. You're the experienced dietitian. Yes. The experienced dietitian. I I will try to use that next time I talk about my experience. That's right. And years of service. The mentor to the younger RDs. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I hope so. Totally. 
I did clinical for, you know, seven years and I like clinical, but I also like the more preventative health side of things where retail really does intercept that preventative health side before they get put into the hospital, before they get diagnosed. Uh, so it's kind of a great place to be as far as a dietitian if you really like that preventative health side and just helping people for food, it means the most. And that's in the grocery store. And the grocery store can be so overwhelming, yet sometimes we just keep going to the same spots and buying the same foods. But that's where it's so nice to have a dietitian in the store to show you different items. And I don't know how many times people have said, oh, I walked past. I never knew you had this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is so true. And it's so funny how we do. We shop. We're creatures of, you know, of habit. And we do kind of purchase the same things over and over again. But if you have that opportunity to spend a time with someone in the grocery store, if they have time and kind of point out those things that they've never seen before, it is like an awakening moment for them. They're like, wow, that I walk by, by it 85 times a day when I come here, you know, even like circle around the store and I'll walk by it six more times. And I don't, I still don't see that product. Right. And you do those store tours in person and virtual right now? Correct. Correct. So with the whole craziness of the pandemic, we always used to do everything in person. Everything was by appointment or, you know, if you came in, everything was by in that personal aspect. But now we've incorporated telehealth. So we're kind of reaching a bigger audience and we are able to provide store tours. Yes, believe it or not, we can provide (laughs) store tours virtually but still are offering that in-person touch and able to help people in person. You're, you're guiding them, you're holding their hands, depending upon what their needs are for their, for their diet. Um, you uh, help with all types of difference, whether it's weight loss or heart disease, any other areas um, within the nutrition realm? Oh, gosh. You know, when you think about personal health, there's so many interesting thing that, things that pop up. You know, even from, I've had people come that just got diagnosed or just had a heart attack in the hospital and they've been in the hospital and they leave the hospital and they don't know what to eat. So they'll show up in my door and they'll be like, I can't eat a lot of salt. I just had a heart attack. What do I do? So there's those, you know, medical diagnosis like that, that we get. GI issues are a big thing lately. So people that have IBS or food allergies, diverticulitis, those are some big ones that I've seen a lot of lately. And then a huge one that has been really interesting to me lately is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which I've had a ton of that lately, too, which is so bizarre because, you know, when I was going through school, you know, liver disease came from, you know, alcohol and it came from, you know, hepatitis C and that's how you got cirrhosis. But now we're finding, I'm finding a lot of young people coming in with this diagnosis because of the food that they've eaten over their lifetime. So that's a huge one that I've kind of been dealing a lot with lately too. That is very surprising. I I never would have thought that. Do you think there's more studies on it that it's being kind of diagnosed differently? I kind of feel like there has been more just awareness of it being an actual condition and how I think diabetes and prediabetes are also being like prediabetes, I feel like is being maybe diagnosed a little bit more too, which I feel like kind of goes hand in hand, maybe with that non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So seeing that kind of that combination, um, 
is where I think it's stemming from. And then doing the full workup panel of you know, liver enzymes and labs and all that type of stuff. And that's where that diagnosis is coming from further. And then the MRI and things that can kind of confirm it. Wow. A lot to go I know. There. Bizarre. I know. And that's, you know, like for a store tour, you know, you think, oh, I'll show you what to eat healthy foods. And then they're like, well, hey, I have this. And it's like, oh, well, okay. And that's, you know, taking on that little bit of having that clinical experience has been helpful because I actually understand when they come in kind of what these concepts are. And just because I've experienced them in the past, but how that's kind of full circle coming back from my clinical years, even in that preventative health side. Right. The common topics of weight loss and heart disease and diabetes are you're going above and beyond anything <laughs> and any customer is needed for you uh, where you can help them. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where, and if I don't know the answer, if I can't help a certain person, if it's, you know, above and beyond what I'm not educated in, then we have a group of dietitians that I can refer that person to that might be more appropriate for them. Right. Thanks. Thank goodness for that group, for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> um, it's so nice to have that virtual option as well as, as in person, especially for this time being, because the dietitians um, are extremely helpful, the experts in knowing where what foods to eat. And I know everybody kind of thinks, oh, I need to be, um, in order to shop healthy, I need to just only shop the perimeter because in the inside, in the middle aisles is where all the processed bad foods are, um, which can kind of be a myth. So how do you reply to that concept? Oh, I love that. That's a very good topic because it's very common. I always ask, I always kind of throw out the question of what do you consider processed? Because almost all of our fruit is processed in some way. Baby carrots don't grow as baby carrots. You know, they have to be processed in some way to become a baby carrot. And so I kind of debunk that myth of what the definition of processed really is. Because everything, mostly that we consume, is processed in some way. So when you kind of take that into consideration and offer up that definition for them, then they kind of rethink of it in a different way. That, you know, processed foods don't have to be bad. Baby carrots aren't bad, right? And they're processed. So if you kind of take that off the table, then they kind of start to view it in a little bit of a different way. So the perimeter, of course, usually will have lots of of more of your fresh items. So like your produce, your meat, uh, dairy will be on the outside of most of your grocery stores. But then you're going to have bakeries and you're going to have lots of other things that are in between. You can't really say the perimeter is the best because there's lots of great food in all areas of the grocery store and all areas have processed food. And I am never a person that says you can't shop in the, in the inside aisles because, you know, there's great things like whole grain pastas and whole grain cereals and there's canned vegetables and there's canned beans and there's, you know, dried beans and there's peanut butter. I mean, I've never seen peanut butter on the outside of the grocery store. I know it's the inside of the grocery store and I'm going to eat peanut butter. So there is lots of healthful foods inside all the aisles and all the areas of the grocery store because almost everything that we consume is processed. That is so eye-opening as you talk about those baby carrots too. So that's making me think, would wash lettuce be somewhat processed? Probably. 
Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It has to go through some, I mean, it, it's not coming directly from garden to plate. Right. So therefore there has to go some, there has to be some process to put that into a package to make it safe for consumers to eat. And if that shortcut is going to help me, which it does, because I don't like to chop my vegetables or even thoroughly wash them sometimes, <laughs> I will go with the processed items to make it easier to make a meal and and Absolutely. cut out on the time. Absolutely. If it's going to, you don't want to create a barrier to eat food if it's going to make you not want to prepare it or to utilize it at home. So, of course, I'm like you. I don't probably wash my fruits and vegetables as good as I should and I hate the one thing I do not like to do is cutting onions like not gonna cut onions I don't enjoy that at all so I'm always gonna buy mine pre-cut and so that is gonna be one of those barriers that I've just taken out of my life so I will utilize that produce item more totally um sometimes I think I should call myself the lazy dietitian because <laughs> there probably is a tag name or, you know, a handle uh, with that. But, uh, yeah, I just like to make it quick and easy with healthy, wholesome food. Um, less work for me, right? Well, I know that I love, and I love watching your Instagram and things because you just made, like, this delicious uh, seven-layer dip that was, like, totally, I was feeling all the feels when you made that because it was individual size. And I, that is what I love. And it was so easy and approachable. And you always share your dips. I forgot you're a dip lover. Sometimes you share your yes. love your lunch type of yes. Of pictures. Yes, that'd be perfect for you, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yay. I know. I'm always munching on the on the dips with my tortilla chips too and fresh oh, veggies. Of course. Right? Which are processed, but they're still delicious. <laughs> and they're still helpful. <laughs> they are. Um and getting those fresh fruits and vegetables in there, uh, we always promote, but of course we uh, promote all foods as well. Uh, but sometimes those organic foods, a lot of people think that they need to purchase the organic item because it's the healthiest. Want to take that's, on that myth? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this one. So I, again, approached about that, like, oh, I you know, only buy organic. It's, it's the healthiest. And they, I asked them, I'm like, well, why do you feel like it's the, the healthier option? And of course, most people don't have an answer because they don't really understand what organic means. And so I just kind of share that organic is a farming practice. That's all organic is. It's how the farmer produces their food. Conventional is another farming practice. That's how that farmer produces their food. So not one food is more superior than the other when it comes to nutrients because the food still provides you with the nutrients that it has. The farming practice isn't going to affect the nutrients as most people think it does. And if it does, it's very, very minimal and it's not hardly affecting the content of the nutrients at all. So when you kind of refer to it more as a farming practice, then I kind of say, you know, maybe you should choose that food because you're a pro organic farmer instead of I'm a pro healthy, not the right way to put it in context. And so organic is great if it's available to you. That's another thing because not all food is organic and not all food is available organically. And if you start to only purchase organic, you might be missing out on nutrients and things that you need in your diet because you're only producing that organic food. I also share that there are such things as organic cookies, 
things as organic burritos and there's things as organic pizza. <laughs> so not necessarily going to be a healthier pizza, a healthier cookie, a healthier burrito than one that's not organic. So when you think of the big picture, it's just a farming practice. All foods have nutrients and we need to make sure that we understand that they're no matter the farming practice, it's still providing those good nutrients to us. That's right. Just because it's an organic Oreo doesn't mean it's healthy for you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I think people think that. Like, I think that there is that, you know, that idea that this organic Oreo is much better for me than a conventional Oreo. So I can eat as many as I possibly can. Right. And that's not the case, right? <laughs> we still need to find that balance with our serving sizes and our different food groups and just really understand it's just another way to farm a food. I love it. Uh, nutritionally, foods are comparable, um, and it's up to the customer of how they want to buy it. So you nailed that down. Um, I also sometimes will put in there that sometimes I think some organic produce has more flavor. So that would be maybe one option to play around with and try for yourself and see which ones you like. Because if it tastes better, you're obviously going to enjoy it more. So. Oh, that's a good point. Like I think about garden tomatoes, yeah. you know, thinking about growing up and having those tomatoes in the garden that we grew ourselves, we're always better tasting the ones in the grocery store. So, and I think like, that's a really good point about produce. People are picky about their produce and you should try different farming practices of your favorite apples or your favorite tomatoes. Cause maybe you like the taste of one better. And that's, fantastic. And I also think, hey, if organic's on sale, go for it. Because a lot of times it's going to be the same price as a conventionally grown product. So if you'd like to experiment with organic, go for the stuff that's on sale and try it when it's on sale and in season. Right. Because it is becoming a more of a mainstream practice as opposed to 10, 15 years ago, which we saw of the high priced organics <laughs> within there. Right. And that was, you know, um, a disadvantage to it. Absolutely. And that, you know, price is always a barrier. And if it's, again, it kind of goes back to that. If it's going to be a barrier to you, if you're not going to consume it because of price, then definitely want you to look at the conventionally grown or what is in your price range. So you're not skipping out on food first. Right. And I know a lot of people will also say, you know, I just don't have the budget to shop healthy. Um, so when someone comes into the store, what kind of options uh, would you show them for that? That's a really good question, too. And, you know, we're all budget conscious in some way. And food, you know, if you're feeding a big family or even if you're just feeding yourself, that is a big area that we try to focus on being more more budget friendly with our purchases. So I always kind of talk to them, you know, about, first of all, planning is such a big part of being on a budget. You need to really plan ahead and do some, you know, planning when it comes to taking inventory of what you have at home already. And then going into the grocery store and picking up the ads, seeing what's on sale, especially when it comes to produce, uh, most of your in-season items, things that taste the best, that are most fresh, are going to be on sale in some way, shape, or form. And so finding that sale item will help you stay within those budget-friendly areas. Now, right now, it's April, so cherries are not going to be in season, and therefore you don't want to buy cherries because they're going to probably be $17 a pound. 
as opposed to in July when they're $3 a pound. So thinking of, yes, maybe you won't get cherries this time of year, but you will in the future and you can eat those then. But then also, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, that's what we always think of when it comes to eating healthy. Don't you kind of feel like when people are like, oh, fruits and vegetables are so expensive. Yes. Yes. Salads. You know, yes, salads, you know, anything that you... The things that we don't really want to eat, we always say, well, it's expensive to eat that. But I am a big proponent of canned vegetables and fruits and frozen vegetables and fruits, which will also be budget friendly and be on sale. You can incorporate those into your lifestyle. Same way with, you know, meat and dairy and pastas. There are healthy options that are budget friendly in every area of the grocery store. Right. And those frozen and canned produce items will last longer as opposed to rotting in my fridge. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, there goes my uh, spinach again. Or, you know, I don't know how many times, you know, you're like, I need to save this. But uh, you just Mm -hmm. you just tend to forget. So, yeah, absolutely. And I always I love when I see people buy, you know, I was just walking by a customer the other day and they bought like, I think seriously eight or ten bananas in a bunch like it was a huge bunch of bananas and it's like well I know I'm half of these are going to go to waste but I, they just look so pretty I'm still going to buy a ball and you know I just I had to laugh because I was like I know a lot of us do that we buy we go oh I'm going to buy all this fresh produce and then I was going to say hey buy one or two fresh items and then make it up with frozen and canned so you can keep it longer and utilize it later right um, herbs, fresh herbs. I'm really bad about, like, I only use a little <laughs> bit of them. And then, <laughs> oh, cilantro. So Every time yes. I buy cilantro, I use like at least maybe three or four sprigs. And then there's this huge bunch right. in my fridge. So right. yeah. Do you ever dry them? Do you try to dry no, them at all? I use them later? But I, I know. We'll have I to pat myself do. on the back. I did take a green onion and put it in water and put it on my windowsill and they grew back. So I was, ah, see, I need to do that. <laughs> I was so proud um, about it. So it I, does work. It does work. It's amazing. Okay. And I was freaking out about it to my kids. And they're like, yeah, so I'm like, it grew. Do you see that? It was here. And now it was here. They were not excited about it. They were impressed. <laughs> so I, I need to try that. I just had a green onion this week that I knew I should have kept and rejuvenated, but I did not. So Next time, I Next will time. think of you. I mean, I you'll save yes. a whole 99 cents. Um, but I know, but it's still. <laughs> it, it, it made me feel really good. So, Right. You're decreasing food waste right. as well, and you're right. growing something. Right. It was, uh, I, it was just fun to see. I need to get more of a green thumb, too, but we'll work on that. So <laughs> you give a lot of helpful tips in there, uh, whether it be for the organics or budget-friendly um, time-saving tips. And I know there are a lot of nice little shortcut items you probably have, your favorites. What about any time-saving tips for eating healthy? So for eating healthy, I just kind of said two before. Like I always buy one fresh vegetable item and one fresh fruit item a week. So I find what's on sale. Uh, And then I definitely make sure when I bring those home right away, I wash them and prepare them if they need to be. So what I will do is if I buy a bag of carrots, I will, you know, 
trim them off. I will cut them up. I'll put them into a container with water, which is one of my water for celery and carrots to keep them fresher longer. And then they're ready to eat and ready to go when I need them. Uh, same with my fruit, unless it's berries, I don't rinse those off or clean them until I'm ready to eat them. But, um, you know, if I'm going to have apples or oranges, if it's going to save me time to peel my apple or peel my oranges prior to the week starts, I will do that. And I'll put them into baggies and have them ready to go. So just one of each. And then the rest of my produce items, I will get canned or frozen, like I mentioned before. Um, and then for other time-saving tips, I do a lot of fast cooking. Um, I don't do meal prep because that's not something I'm very good at. But I will make a dish, you know, one, I plan two major meals a week. And then I utilize that as cook once, eat twice, and make sure that I create meals that are delicious when you eat them twice because sometimes they don't food does not always taste well or taste good the next day so I kind of focus on two things in twos so two fruit two a vegetable a fruit and then two meals that I can cook once and eat twice a week just to kind of help fill in with the rest of my week so those two tips I always tell people when we're shopping or when they're thinking about meal planning so they don't get overwhelmed with that they have to plan breakfast lunch dinner on a Sunday for seven days ahead. Right. Just those two quick uh, items to focus on helps just clear the clutter and the uh, less overwhelming about meal planning. That is so helpful. Yeah. Do you, are you a meal planner yourself? No, I'm not. I'm kind of the same way as you. Um, I just, I have themes for the day. And so I just kind of alternate each week and that's how I do it. <laughs> that's See, that's fun. And then it's like you said, it kind of decreases the clutter and the stress it does. of approaching your meal planning or even just getting a snack in. Like if you don't do too much, then it's easier to do. Right. Just to wrap your mind around, okay, I only have these four options for Monday. You know, what, what are we having? Or... Um, mm-hmm. For my family, I have that uh, veggie tray that uh, we just put out if I didn't have a vegetable uh, figured out for for the meal, so where it's fresh. Um, but yeah, I only buy a couple, one or two vegetables, kind of like you, um, to to fill in uh, for that vegetable tray, and that just it just works. So that's keep and it I simple. love trays, right? Right, and if you have that backup. I always thought the backup dancer, like your vegetable platter, then you're like, you don't feel stressed about it. Right. And I can only like cook one thing per meal. (laughs) Yes. Less dishes to clean when you're done. Yeah. Like, okay, we have a, a meat dish. That's the only thing I have to cook. Or we have a noodle dish and the meat Mm -hmm. is made. So yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's not as overwhelming. And then, then there are some weeks where I'm like, where, where did I fall apart here? (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) It's good to remember we're human, so you're not going to be perfect all the time. And everything you see on social media with these people that are doing perfect meal planning, you know that that is like not real life at all. (laughs) 
Okay, so lots of um, breaking down those myths for the grocery store and shopping healthy and just kind of, I guess, giving yourself a little bit of grace when it comes to meal planning on certain items as well. So uh, love it, love it. And you also do uh, one-on-ones as well for clients in addition to the store tours? Absolutely. So as heavy dietitians, we provide the sources. They're always a complimentary service that we always provide. So it's probably one of the best received services that we have because you do learn a lot during that time. So if you haven't taken advantage, if no one's done that, I highly recommend doing that with a dietitian close to them. And then, you know, if you do have some more personalized nutrition things that you would like to work on, we do personal individual one-on-one consultations. We do have some meal, we have a meal planning program. We have other programs available too if you're working on a health issue that you want to kind of correct, whether it's high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, um, metabolic syndrome. If that's something that you're working on, we do have a specific program for that. And then we just try to really offer a free dietitian discovery session. If you don't fit any of those molds and you just want to talk and have some questions, uh, that's always available too. And that's either in person or through our platform, virtually on a Zoom call. And we do phone calls too. So we try to be available, make that dietitian accessibility just even farther and more easy for people. I love it because time gets in the way. And if you can break down the barriers of that and make those connections, get people's first foot in the door, whether it's virtual or in person, um, really helps clear the message for for anyone regarding their nutrition, I would say. Yes, yes. You know, nutrition is so personal and food is personal. And so everybody, if you kind of give them that accessibility, then they're not going to be so scared to approach you. Maybe they're not an in-person person and they'd rather just call you. That's great too. We just want to make our services available if you have any nutrition needs. I love it. Uh, I see so much fun, easy recipes on social media that I'm looking at as well. So great resources all around for ideas and inspiration. Uh, you always have a product for the dietitians as well. Yes, we do. We try to pick out some of our favorite things and share those with people because a lot of times, again, we pass by them in the grocery store. So hopefully there's, again, bits of inspiration and, you know, Hyvee.com's got great recipes and we try to pick our favorites too. Um, I can't imagine how many recipes have gone through this kitchen of mine at my house and (laughs) I've tried a lot of them and I've tried a lot of products. So I will be brutally honest with you at any time if I like something or if I don't care for it. You do a great job on your Friday favorites. Um, I always like seeing what you have up next for each week of for highlighting those products. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to try. And I love to try new products. I probably, I pick things personally that I'm like, Ooh, that looks interesting. (laughs) I want to try that. So, yes, it comes from a very personal place of my own kind of doing. But if I'm always open for suggestions. So if there's somebody wants me to try something, let me know. I'll try it. I think we just have it ingrained in us of trying new foods. I remember going to New York City five years ago. And, (laughs) you know, most females would want to go to the latest clothing boutique and I'm like can we hit this grocery (laughs) store and I can see what it's like (laughs) totally (laughs) my husband just kind of rolled his eyes at me like really we come to New York and we want to go into a grocery store I'm like I'm just curious I want to see what they have (laughs) 
I did that too. I went to London about three years ago and I was like, I want to go in a grocery store. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That totally is a dietitian thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I guess it shows we like what we do too. Absolutely. Yes. yes. We are always, we always still find that back to our connection of food in some way, shape or form. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and do our closing questions, and then we can wrap up. So, all right. First one: If you were on a TV show, which one would it be? Uh, this is a. I had a laugh at this because <laughs> I watch this show every morning, usually at some part of my day. Okay. But I am a Will. I'm a Will and Grace fan. I think Karen is my spirit animal, and I would be. I'd be Karen on Will and Grace. That'd be my character. <laughs> This question just opens up so much about people. I love it. I love it. It's a good question. Uh, what is one food someone has said, a dietitian eats that? Well, as a dietitian working in a grocery store, I shop in my store so that I do get that question quite often from my customers. But I would say probably my favorite moment that was a food was I love canned Hormel chili. <laughs> And I was buying it one day. I don't eat it a lot, but I really do enjoy it on occasion. And I was buying it one day with a loaf of Wonder Bread, white bread. because I like to dip it in my chili. And I at least had five coworkers and at least five customers. So a dietitian eats that? And I'm like, yes, I do. Oh my gosh. I would have never thought that that would be your pair. I know. <laughs> yes, it is. That's so funny because it's it's so random. Like, who would even just buy it? I have never seen anyone else buy it. So, me buying it was entertaining. <laughs> Most dietitians will say um, ice cream or pizza, and you pick up Hormel chili and white bread. <laughs> yes, that was my. Canned. That was going to be my dinner. That was my dinner that night. Yes. And no beans. I don't even like it with the beans. No, oh thank you. I want it without gosh. beans. That's yes. so funny. <laughs> uh, kind of along that topic, what's your favorite feel-good food? Uh, I loved, I loved all your questions. So my favorite <laughs> feel-good food, this is kind of corny, but um, I love people who cut fruit for me and make me a fruit plate. Mm. So my dad always would cut fruit plates for us when we were little because he wanted us to eat fruit because he wouldn't eat it but he would like put it on a plate and kind of arrange it all cute kind of like the new food boards but it was just like a little fruit plate so anyone that cuts me fruit and puts it on a plate that's my feel good like you're you've got my heart kind of food that is so sweet and maybe that's where you got like your your healthy food inspiration from your father (laughs) Maybe, maybe that could be. I've never traced it back to that, but yeah, it got me to eat fruit. So so I guess it worked. (laughs) Uh, Best or latest book you have read? So I, I'm not, I will be honest. I'm not a big book reader. I don't have a very good attention span, but I like books that, um, teach me something in, in a small way. So the last couple books that I've read, um, there's a book called Hell Yeah or Hell No, and it's by Derek Stevers. And he is one of my favorite kind of quirky authors. And it just kind of aligns with all the things that I kind of share in my own life and in my work. But it's just a little tidbits about things to think about in that book. So it's a quick read. It's kind of like a one page has maybe 10 sentences on it. 
And then the other book that I'm reading is kind of similar. It's called Where to Begin by Cleo Wade. And oh, yes. this guy, yes, this is again one of those quick, like inspirational poetry and just kind of words and tidbits that um, are on each page too. And it's just yeah, every day I kind of read a page and it just helps me think of the day and how I approach the day. And um, I just like those kind of little tidbit books, basically. I have, so I'm not a big in-depth reader. I have picked up one of her books before and after seeing her like on Reese Witherspoon's Shine On yes. or something like that. And yes, those mm-hmm. are phenomenal. Love those. Yeah, I, I'm like the person that reads like the first paragraph of a, a article or like a newspaper thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I got it all. And that's kind of how I read. Right. Well, and we should make note that you are an author yourself and you have your own podcast. So you're doing so much, not only for uh, the clientele for diet, for for nutrition, but you're also doing so much for the RDs as well, the dietitians. Yes, I do. And I really have to say, like, as far as being a dietitian, I enjoy other dietitians probably much more than I enjoy being a dietitian (laughs) because I really love our profession. I love the people that work in our profession. Um, There's just something special about us and you and everyone that I encounter that I just feed off that energy. And I think that's the best part of, of being a dietitian is connecting with other dietitians. And you're the experienced podcaster here for five years now. Is that correct? (laughs) I am. I am. I've been doing it for a a hot minute. Yes. Um, It is fun. And I hope that I hope other dietitians want to start doing it, too. And I think that's great that you've entered the space because we need more of our voices here. Or just trying to figure it out as we go, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And sharing what we know and hoping it helps someone else. Right. And just breaking it down for, for everyone else is, is what the our message and just spreading that more. Absolutely. So, wonderful. Um, when all this craziness and everything goes back to normal, we should do lunch sometime. I'll bring you some taco dip. I hope so. I'm going to hold you to this. I won't keep stalking you on Instagram. I'll be like, so are you going to bring that over? Or are we going to have that this week? What do you want to do? Right. Right. I love it. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, We've known each other forever, but it's so good to connect in these um, little instances. And I just appreciate you doing this for me and all that you share uh, within your job and, uh, helping other RDs. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Stacey. And I'm so glad we're connecting (laughs) from a hometown perspective, but also now from a dietitian and now a podcast perspective. So we've had like the, the trio going. I say it all the time, but I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Anne and she gives such great advice on those once thought healthy grocery habits. What was your favorite topic? I think mine was understanding the definition of processed foods. That was a real eye-opener, even in the produce section. Um, I myself have also worked in the grocery store for many, many years, and having a registered dietitian available for customers to connect with them for their health needs is a prime place. You can see the variety of services dietitians like Anne provide as they bridge the gap to sound nutrition advice to these trendy topics. 
Well, my friends, that wraps up another episode. And I will be back next week talking about the five lies diet culture wants you to believe. Ooh, sounds good, doesn't it? (laughs) But until then, thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.